Welcome everybody to Let's Talk Football with me, Chris. And me, Richard. The podcast bringing you the latest in football news. Join us every week during the season as we discuss all the big talking points from the world of football and preview all the action in the week to come. In this week's podcast, we've got the latest speculation surrounding Harry Kane, Messi's move to Paris and the latest on Tammy Abraham. Also, we'll preview the brand new Premier League season as well as early predictions for the final table. With all that and much, much more, let's talk football. Right, so welcome everybody, first and foremost. Welcome to the brand new podcast. We've got lots and that that we want to talk to you about as things as the week go on. And hopefully you can all join us and tell people how indeed they can help us and support the podcast. Yeah, you can do this by leaving a review on iTunes. This will really help us out and obviously it will lift us up the rankings. So you, more people will find it and more people will listen, hopefully. That is that is very hopeful. Hopefully you can all help us out with that indeed. So do we want to crack on and talk about our first topic? I think we should. I think we should indeed. So obviously transfers, it's a big time for transfers in August. Everyone's getting excited, new season's coming up. And I think one of the big, big stories coming out this summer, one of the big sagas, there's always a saga. There is always a saga. There is always a saga. This time it is around the one and only England's captain, Tottenham's spearhead, their talisman, is Harry Kane. It is. So there's been a lot of talk about potentially him moving to Manchester City to join his England teammate, Jack Grealish. Yeah, and Raheem and Phil Foden yep. and Carl Walker. All the guys. Everybody else. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it bodes well for England to have Pep Guardiola training them. I'll tell you that much. Get them all together. Oh, yeah, it's the front four together. That would be, yeah, having them in the mm. same team would make sense. From a personal, but, yeah, from so... a personal perspective, no, but yeah. <laughs> yes, well, you are a Tottenham fan. I am. So you don't want that to happen. No, I don't want that to happen. But... In all seriousness, I mean, we have talked about this before. We have. And I have been quite clear that I thought this was the season that Harry Kane was going to leave. You have been, yes. So what are your thoughts on where this current situation is, do you reckon? So the current situation, as I understand it, is... Well, I've read today that Harry Kane, if he doesn't get his move to Manchester City, mm-hmm. he is potentially going to sign a new contract. But that new contract may well have a release clause inserted into it. Okay. That is what that's well, the that's, latest I've seen. I don't, I don't really get the point in him doing that, I guess. Well, I guess it gives him some extra cash short term. Yeah. And it also but gives like, him the guarantee that if an offer comes in from Manchester City, that offer will have to be accepted. His transfer fee will go down next season. Yeah. Anyway. So if they put a transfer release clause in, it's got to be something that's got to be lower than what they want this season for yeah. him. So maybe 100, 120, something like that. Which makes me think, why would Daniel Levy want to give him more money? Potentially won't. I mean, obviously, signing a contract extension doesn't necessarily mean you'll get more money. It... Yeah, but it will. Otherwise, what's the point in Harry Kane signing a new contract? Well, yeah, this is the thing. So that's. So I'm not too sure there'll be yeah. a new contract, if I'm honest. I don't think he'll do that. Unless it's just to settle the fans down for the season. Could be. Could be. It depends, obviously, if Manchester City come in. As we've said before, obviously, if City come up with the right number, Harry Kane will leave. If they don't, he stays. Yeah. I think the big, big question is, but the thing is, with 
their owners, Man City, they probably could afford to, but with financial fair play, and they go and spend £100 million on Grealish and Harry Kane without selling. Then that will raise a red flag with whoever, yeah. With, yeah, well, with UEFA, won't it, mainly? So it's an interesting one. It is an interesting move, but I think Harry's... I think he's got to a point now where I think he needs he needs the move. I think he's 28, and with the most respect to Tottenham, I don't think he's going to win anything at Tottenham. No. Anything significant, anyway. No. You know, maybe maybe a league cup. Maybe the if you have Euro- a good run. Maybe the Europa Conference League this year. <laughs> Europa Conference League, maybe. yeah. Maybe the new European competition. Beat to it. Yeah, with Roma. Yeah. Who actually we're talking of, talking of Roma as well. We'll get on to Tammy Abraham, which we said in a little bit we as will. well. Yeah. Um, but they've been making some moves, and obviously Jose has already been making headlines. Yeah, upsetting everybody already. Upsetting them all already, getting sent off in his in a pre-season friendly. Which I don't know if you've seen this. If you see what saw what happened, did you see what happened? I didn't see what happened. No. So essentially, Roma were in this pre-season friendly. Forgive me, I can't remember who it was against. Basically, the opposition scored a goal to make it three-two to them. In a let me reiterate, it's a pre-season friendly. Okay. Right. And the hand, the ball did come off the hand of the attacking player, but I have never seen a reaction in a pre-season friendly like that ever right they were kicking off these roma players but is it just them trying to appease Mourinho? i mean i remember jose Mourinho's early time with us and he was like a jack in the box on the touchline you know, every decision went mm. against him just he was trying to show the passion that he has but i would i would understand that more in a competitive game but when you're playing a friendly Oh, he's the point of kicking off. It's just like, oh, we're down 3-2 in a pre-season friendly. It means absolutely nothing to anybody. Great. We're trying to get some fitness. Why? It doesn't matter. Just just relax a bit, Jose, all right? I know you've had a stressful few years. You've not won anything since 2017. But come on. That is a very dry spell for Mourinho. It is. I mean, it, was a, it is a cup competition this pre-season. It was a pre-season cup competition. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. And no Mourinho, he probably... He might Wants count to that do. towards his overall collection. Yeah, of course he will. Yeah. Like we that. do the Audi Cup. The, Au- the Audi that. Cup. Yeah. Well, the cars are available. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, so that was that was Mourinho. And they, of course, at Roma, look like they've put in a, what, £34 million bid for Tammy Abraham? Yes. from Yeah, from Chelsea, which I, I don't get it. I genuinely don't get it. I like Tammy Abraham, if I'm honest. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's potentially a big guy that Mourinho likes. He likes the big target man up front. He does. The thing with Tammy Abraham is I'm not quite sure he's got the strength of, let's say, a dropper. Yeah, or a Giroud. Yeah. So when you're thinking, well, when you're thinking of a Mourinho centre forward, you think a dropper. Yeah. You think a dropper, don't you? He was the epitome of everything. That Mourinho liked. It's why we went. Af- why Manchester United went after Lukaku at the time. He was that type of player. He was the reason why Chelsea won all those titles and cups. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, between him and Frank Lampard, I'd say. Yeah, but I just don't get it with Chelsea. Why they do this? So they develop them all. Yeah. And then they just let them go, and you're like, why? They're doing the same with Lukaku. They're bringing oh, yeah. Lukaku back they've, for ninety-seven a Pogba, million pounds. They sold him to Everton for what twenty-five? Yeah, just beggars belief. The amount of players they have out on loan 
at one time. But the thing is, though, that it's a business partner that is that loan system, so that they get the loan fees in, don't they? And, and that's how they make they make a bit of money doing it that way. They do, but then they let ninety percent of them go. How many actually make it? Other than Mason well, Mount, not many in the last couple of years. Well, the thing is that the guys, the reason those guys sort of came through is because because of Frank Lampard. I don't think and the transfer ban. Yeah, the transfer ban. I don't. I don't think they would have had much chance otherwise. Otherwise, yeah, they'd have been. They'd have been gone. Probably. Yeah. Hundred percent. I agree with that. But Mason is just. A, I think he's Mason's a step above anything. I think that they've got. You know, he's right up there, isn't he, with Pulisic and Havertz in terms of their creative players. In terms of quality, they've actually got coming through. Yeah, Mason Mount is by far. The best one that's coming through. There are a couple of others. Obviously, Billy Gilmore. Yes, another he's, one. He's gone on loan to Norwich. Norwich, that's it. Yeah, which I've looked forward to that, actually seeing him in action there. I think he'll be a good addition to their team. Yeah, and you want to see what he'll do in the Premier League because gone are the days where you can chuck a young kid into the team and see how he grows. You know, it's it's now very much a result orientated business. You need players who are going to hit the ground running and you can't give them time to develop anymore. Yeah. I think, though, there are certain clubs that will do it. And my club, Manchester United, I think, are one of them. Yeah. We do it to a certain degree. We've, well. we've done it for many, many years now. I, I can't remember how long it's been, maybe 60, 70 years. Yeah, that we've in gone. terms of bringing, in terms of bringing players having, through. Yeah. Always having an academy player on in the match day squad which is something that I think Manchester United are incredibly proud of. You think of the players that we've developed, not just the class of 92, but then you've got, you know, more recently, likes of Rashford and Lingard have come through and Chong, who's gone on loan to Birmingham City, one man of the match there. Yeah, Mason Greenwood as well. Mason, of course, Mason Greenwood, who's one of the best finishers I think I've ever seen. And ironically, Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba, yeah, he is one of our academy players, but really we bought him in. We bought him in, didn't we, really? How much did you pay for him again? Uh, 90 million it was. How much did you let him go for? Absolutely nothing. And do you know what? It's fine because, you know, for Alex Ferguson, Alex Ferguson had his opinion of that situation at the time and he obviously felt at the time that the attitude wasn't quite right. I just like hearing you say the fact that you've sold a player for nothing and bought him back for 90 million. It's hilarious. Well, we didn't really yeah, sell him, did we? We lost him. Agreement with Juventus, didn't we? Yeah, we lost him. We didn't, we didn't sell him. pulled out from underneath you, which is rare for Manchester United. Yeah. Doesn't often happen to them. It is, but again, if Alex Ferguson wanted a player at the, at the football club, they stayed. The same happened with Tevez. Yeah. The crowd all wanted him, but Alex wasn't sure, so he went, and that's what happened. You know, we, we offered him, we offered Tevez the contract, didn't we? But if Alex Ferguson really wanted him to stay, he would have made an effort to make sure that he knew that that's exactly what he wanted. Because all I remember Sir Alex Ferguson saying after Tevez left and went to City was that he didn't see the value in the deal, which seems strange to me, to be honest, because he was brilliant. When we had Ronaldo, Tevez and Rooney up front, the three of them were insane together. That was Sir Alex's point of view. And I think if he did want him to stay, he would have stayed. All the good things that he did at United got forgotten overnight as he rocked up at Manchester City. So yeah, Tammy Abraham to Roma, I think, is a interesting watch. But aren't Roma potentially you losing someone as well? Well, they're losing Edin Dzeko. Yes. Because Edin Dzeko is going to Inter to replace Lukaku. Yeah. And potentially Martinez. Martinez as well. 
he's been linked with a move to Tottenham. Yeah, that was a bit of a bolt from the blue. Hmm. Not 100% sure that's going to happen. But if Inter's financial trouble is as big as everyone says it is... Well, yeah, well, no, 97 million from Chelsea will help that situation. Oh, of course it will, yeah. But then it's, I guess, that will... It might depend... It, the thing is, it depends either way, I think. I think a lot of it lies on what Harry Kane does. But it might be that Martinez coming to Tottenham depends on what happens to Harry Kane. Potentially, there is a thing that I heard over the weekend that Nuno is looking to potentially play two up front. They wouldn't necessarily be bought in to replace Kane. He'd be bought in to play alongside him. How that works, I have no idea because... Well, the thing is, Nuno did play with a two up front, didn't he, at Wolves? He used to play 3-5-2, yeah. Yeah, so he might be looking for that. Um, but then it's about where does Son fit into that? Exactly. Mora. But it's an option. But, yeah, exactly. You're wider players. Yeah. But there's lots to be seen. I'm sure we'll see how the season develops, how Tottenham move forward. Yeah, the transfer window's always going to be more interesting in the last couple of weeks. Indeed. And of course, Messi, by the time you hear this, has probably signed for Paris Saint-Germain. Which is crazy. It is a, It is. It is insane to think that Messi's left Barcelona. It's not yeah. that on its own. And we all saw that press conference at the weekend and how genuinely he looked upset yeah. that he had to leave the club. But at the same time, you're thinking, well, you could have accepted a lower wage, couldn't you? Could you know. Could have. Was he more worried about the fact that he's leaving the son of Barcelona to go to Paris, where it normally piddles down with rain? It, it could be that. It could be that indeed. And I think the thing is, Messi's not going to play badly in that French league. No. Nope. He'll be fine. I think the bigger thing around that Paris Saint-Germain move is how Neymar reacts. Probably, he probably thinks, oh, damn. It, here we go again. You know, because they'll probably go with... The, I was thinking about this. They're probably going to go with all three of them. Which is frightening in itself. Which is frightening in itself to have Mbappe, Neymar and Messi running at you for 90... Imagine the French League is just like every week you're going to be looking at him going, what do, what do we what do? We do? We man-mark him, he's free. This one just runs straight past you. And if, yeah. if we take five yards back to deal with him, Messi and Neymar are just going to drop into space. It's going to be interesting to see that. But it depends how they gel. Yeah. Who else have they got there? Up front at the minute, Paris. Icardi. Icardi. Whose nose will probably be put out of joint a little bit. Exactly. A lot of these players are going to are gonna feel it a bit. And it's going to be interesting to see how Pochettino holds them all together. I was just going to say that. How How is Maurizio Pochettino going to make all those egos work? Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. It's going to be a great little sideshow. Yeah, I think it will be. I think there's going to be a lot of drama coming out of Paris this season. It's definitely going to be worth Yeah. Worth keeping an eye on the French League, I think, this year. But I will say one thing. If they don't win the Champions League with a front three of Mbappe, Neymar and Messi, they ain't going to. I think I think there's a good chance of that. But the thing is, though, it might be in key, other key areas that lets them down. Yeah. You know, they've got Di Maria, of course, who's been playing mainly in the midfield for them. Verratti. Verratti, European Championship winner, of course. Yeah. Neymar and Messi, in particular, aren't going to trap back very much no. from a defensive point of view. Neither of them want to do that. Mbappe probably will. He looks more. He's more of a workhorse. Mbappe. Yeah. Even though he's probably not keen on it. So, how are they going to handle the Pochettino press? Yeah, but they'll probably be all right with the pressing bit. It'll be in in the times when you 
when you haven't got the ball so much. Mm. Okay, that when they beat that initial press, I think the issue is going to come after that then because Neymar's not going to want to come back to the ball. Messi's not going to want to come back behind the ball. And I think it's those situations. To be fair, they might not find themselves in that position very often. No, they won't in... Yeah, I was going to say... In... Not in the league, but in the big Champions League games, there will be a time when they're going to be under under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I just think, you know, when it comes to quarterfinals, semifinals, you need to keep it... You know, you're not going to keep pressing forward. I guess at those times, that's the point where you might want to bring one of them off or two of them off and have someone like Icardi on there who's going who's gonna to run the... Yeah. He's going to run the... Bring on someone a bit more solid. Yeah. Run the channels and, and run the pitch up and down and have the engine on him. But yeah, lots and lots of interesting things happening at Paris. So we'll try and keep up to date as the season... Well, as the transfer window ends in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, Varane will be completing his move as well, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Apparently, Hopefully, by the time you hear this, Varane's signed on the dotted line and that's all done and we can i'm really looking forward to that i mean we'll get onto it a bit i guess when we move on to new season and how we're looking at that which in fact we might as well move on to that now if you want yeah let's move on so we're we want to talk about now next season and, and how we think things are gonna look well, well let's work through it in like alphabetical order i think is the best way of doing this okay so looking at the league table then so let's start at the top obviously everyone's in alphabetical order no one's played a game Let's start with Arsenal. How do we think they're going to manage this season? Not so well, I think. I think they've got very, very, very big problems at Arsenal. They've got lots of players there that don't want to be there or don't seem to want to be there. Mikel's trying to churn the squad. He's trying to make changes. You know, he's bringing people like Smith Rowe through, who was really good in the friendly that I saw at the weekend against Arsenal. But it's not happening quickly enough for him. And I think he's still got too many Emery players and he's still got too many Wenger players. He's not got enough of his own players in that team yet. Yeah, I think so. I think an Arsenal fan who I know is like, we need to lose. And this probably isn't going to be very popular amongst the Arsenal fandom. But one Arsenal fan I've spoken to is like, one of Aubameyang or Lacazette probably needs to leave. Yeah. So that we can get someone else through or bring someone else in. Because obviously they've got a lot of the thing is they've got a lot of young talent at Arsenal. They have. Yeah. So you've got the likes of Saka. So you've got they've got a lot of players coming in. I like Tierney as a fullback. I think that's good. But again, I think with Arsenal, it's the same. It's the same story for Arsenal. It's the defence in the midfield. Obviously Ben White's coming. See how he gets on. No European football as well could be a bit of a plus point for him. Could be a plus point for Arsenal. So we'll see how Arsenal do. The next one then is Aston Villa, who have done some good business. They have. They have spent the Grealish money well. I think Leon Bailey, for me in particular, I think he's a really good addition to the Aston Villa squad. Obviously, Buendia from Norwich, very, very good player as well. So I think they've they've strengthened up, and I think, actually, even if they had kept Grealish, they wouldn't have been relying on him so much this season. No, particularly with Danny Ings as well. Oh, Danny Ings, yeah, of course, who's come in. And, and I think him, Watkins, you know, Bailey, Buendia, McGinn... You know, there's there's a there's a core of players there who can hopefully do some damage for Villa in the Premier League. Obviously, two of them, you know, in Bailey and Wendy aren't proven in the Premier League, but I think there's enough in there now where there wasn't before. Yeah. So a lot of these players, I think, are going to take up the mantle from Grealish, and hopefully, I mean, Villa can have a very decent season. To be honest. Not forgetting your mate Ashley Young as well. Ashley Young's come back in. A lot of experience there. You know, he got a lot of stick at United, but. 
I think he's one of the fittest players that there's ever been. He's still got an engine on him, and he can still, even watching him at Inter, he can still get up and down the pitch. I think they've been using him a bit as a winger in pre-season as well as at fullback on the left-hand side, the Villa. Yep. Um, so it's be interesting to see where he plays when he does play this season, the majority of those games. Yeah, I think he'll be a backup player. He won't be a first choice. Yeah, I presume it'll be more more as a fullback, to be honest. Yeah, probably. But we'll see. We'll see what goes on there. I think Villa hopefully can have a decent season. So next on the list is Brentford. Ah, Brentford. Yeah, this is the anomaly for me, Brentford. You know, you know when you have a feeling a team's just going to come in and have a an Ipswich yeah. type season. Remember when Ipswich came up that one year and had a really good season. Sheffield United when they came up yeah. a couple of years ago and had a really good season. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. Brentford. Brentford have that potential to do that. Yeah. Obviously, they've lost a lot of their big names in recent years. You know, like Ollie Watkins. Yeah. And your man from West Ham. Ben uh, Benrahma. Bear Armour, yeah. But then, so, but then they've uh, replaced them. This is the thing. Yes. Thomas Frank is excellent at going out and finding the next big thing to come through. I mean, they've signed somebody yesterday, Jan Wizer from Lawrence in France. Never heard of him, but he looks mustard. Yeah. I think Brentford could get a nice little mid-table finish, I reckon. They could potentially. This is where they finished. This is where they finished bottom now. But I, I, I'm sorry, Brentford. It was my. I know fault. we'll talk about it later on, but I think they might have a bit of a surprise in store for Arsenal on Friday. We shall see. Home or away, Brentford. Home, home, Brentford. Okay, yeah, there could be, could be an upset there. Brighton and Hove Albion next. I think Brighton might struggle this year. I mean, we say that every year about Brighton, and every year they manage to find their way out of it. But someone's got to, do you know what I mean? And of, of the clubs, if Brentford are going to have a good season, I mean, well, we might as well wrap these two up, actually. Brighton and Burnley right next to each other here. It'll be these two clubs, I think, who could be in trouble. Burnley haven't done a lot so far. No, they haven't strengthened. They were struggling for goals last season. Yeah. And I just think they could be in trouble. As great as, as much as I love Sean Dyche, and I do, I think he's a great character in the Premier League. And the same for Graham Potter as well. The job he's done with Brighton has been great. But I just think this season for those two might be the one that's too far. Potentially, yeah. I think it's you've you've got to, as you said, one of the clubs coming up as is doing well, and one of the established clubs is going to do badly. Indeed, and I think these are the I think these are two clubs that could be in that mix. So after that, we've got what I would consider our first Championship contender, our first Premier League potential winner in Chelsea. Yep, I haven't done a lot of business, but they have, obviously, you've got Werner, you've got Havertz. Obviously, if, when the Klaku comes in, that's the front three done. Yeah, you know, you've still got Alex and Mason, you've got Jorginho's resurgence yep. under 2K. Thiago Silva's still there. Yep, Thiago Silva's experience at the back. Lots, I think, and the experience of Aspilicueta as well. I think there's a potential, the way that Tuchel had them play in the back end of the sea, obviously, they've won the Champions League. Big confidence boost off the back of that. I think Chelsea genuinely are contenders this year. It pains me to say it, but yeah, I think you're right. Consistency will be the thing, will be Chelsea's, whether they win it or not. Yeah, of course. It is, well, to be fair, it's the same for any team. That The consistency level is the important thing. Making some key decisions, obviously, the goalkeeper area. Yes. Yeah, with the, um, with the new keeper and Kepa. So, next team is Crystal Palace. 
And to be honest, I think we're just going to get another steady season from Crystal Palace. I know they've changed manager now. As I said to someone at the weekend, that screams of Frank de Boer bringing in Patrick Vieira. Yeah, I think it's a big test for Patrick Vieira. And obviously, he's a, he's a, he's a legend of the league, legend at Arsenal. And as part of me, even though he's Arsenal's former captain and obviously being a Man United fan, those late 90s, early 2000s clashes are still fresh in my mind. But I actually really want him to do well. I don't know why. But I do. I want Patrick Vieira to do really well because he's, leg- he's a legend of the league to come back as a manager. And if he did a good job, I think that'd be great. I just can't see it working out for him. I mean, his managerial record so far is not the best it's not it's it's not been brilliant but he had recovered in his in his last role i think i think he's he's been doing well but i th- I think crystal palace they've managed to keep hold of all their big stars zaha doesn't look like he's going anywhere and i think with that i think they'll be able to and they've made a couple of decent little signings as well palace they have yeah michael alise from reading is a really really good talent i think they'll just have a steady season palace i think they'll probably be in the the 13, 14, 15 area, I would think, of the league. I would say so. Yeah, they might get dragged into it, but yeah. I think they'll have enough to stay up. Yeah, definitely. Right, Everton are next on the list. Now, Everton, with Rafa Benitez now yeah, as their manager, I think Rafa needs to get off to a blinding start. I think he's going to absolutely need to, yeah. He's got to because he needs to get the fans on board quick. Otherwise, it's going to be a long season. As the former, as, as I'm sure you all know, the former Liverpool manager coming into Everton. I mean, just to do it in the first place is brave. Put yourself in that position. Yeah. To damage your relationship with Liverpool fans, number one, because it does that. And then, obviously, the Everton fans just don't want you. Yeah, they made that They made that pretty clear. Yeah. And I watched them against Man United at the weekend, and they weren't great. But they still had Calvert-Lewin to come back. Richarlison had been at the Olympics, so he wasn't there. There's still more to come into that Everton team. And they haven't really spent any money yet. They haven't. Look at the players they've bought in. Townsend was a freebie. Begovic was a freebie. I think they paid a little bit of money for Davari Gray, but not a great deal. It was about five million, wasn't it? That yeah. I think that's a great deal, by the way, getting Graham for that that cheap. So are they moving away from the model that they've been for the last couple of years of just chucking money at the situation? I think it is going to be a slight shift, and obviously they've, they've got the new ground development happening, so yeah. that might be paying, having an effect on what they can do in the, in the transfer market. But also, it's just they've looked for some smart business, haven't they? They've looked for a bit of experience in terms of Premier League, and I know Damari Gray's not that old, but he's got a fair bit of experience in the league. With Leicester, yeah. Yeah, with Leicester, with his time there, and obviously having that extra of being in, in Germany for, was it two Two years he was out there, was I think it? He was maybe eighteen months. Eighteen years, months, yeah. yeah. I just don't think it's enough for Everton, to be honest. Though I think James Rodriguez will not want to be there anymore now that Ancelotti's gone. So it'll be interesting to see. He'll probably have to stick it out because I don't think anyone's going to particularly come after him in this window. No, no. I, I think the wages alone will probably scare ninety percent of them off. Yeah, but I think then by the time if if clubs are then getting to January, few injuries have come around. Rodriguez might be coming to the picture for a few clubs, I think, yeah. in the January window. We might end up going back to South America or something like that, yeah. Well, yeah, or even Spain or something like that. He's not going to want to stay, especially if Everton aren't playing well and they're not doing well. He'll be like, what's the point? I'm I'm in England in the winter when I could be in Spain somewhere or, or Italy. Nicer weather and uh, enjoy my football a bit more. But we'll see. 
but I don't think Everton are going to have a great season. Obviously, they're not in trouble, but they're not going to have they're not going to have a great season. What might surprise you, as I'm a Man United fan, next is Leeds, and I think Leeds could contend for Euro this season. Yeah, and I I think with Bielsa, they did really well last year. The only thing that I would say about them is, oh no, we spoke about Ipswich earlier on, and that element of surprise. Yeah. Have they lost that? There is that, but there's 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 a work ethic, isn't there, to Leeds? That's very different, I think. There's Bielsa demands. He has certain demands on his players in terms of how they run about. They're the they are the fittest team in the league. They cover the most ground. With Calvin Phillips at the heart of that midfield, he's not going to let anyone off. Yeah. Bamford's still got a lot to prove in terms of trying to get into the England team. There's a lot of quality around that Leeds squad. Yeah, and they've done some good business as well. I think Leeds could contend the European squad, uh, the European places. I think they genuinely could be up there fighting with Arsenal, Leicester and, and Tottenham for those sort of European places, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Speaking of Leicester, here they are next. Now, Leicester obviously just won the Community Shield at the weekend, beating a very, very understrength Man City team, it must be said. Yeah. Man City were still missing pretty much half of their first team. Yeah, they... I watched a bit of the game. It wasn't the best game in the world, but no. obviously last-minute penalty. Yeah, I think Leicester had a few chances, though, to, to be fair. They did, yeah, hit the posts, I think, once, maybe twice. Yeah, and, and Vardy had a good chance as well. I think Leicester have missed their, their chance on a Champions League spot. Yeah. I think it's gone now. I think Liverpool and Chelsea are going to be a lot better than they were last season. Probably, yeah. Remember? Do you remember there was a, there was a time period when Martin O'Neill was at the Villa? And they come close a couple of times, and it didn't happen. And that's the feeling I've got with this Leicester team. So they're going to be probably best of the rest? Yeah, I think they've lost their chances. The last two years, they should have done it. They should yeah. have been there. And that last, you know, those last four or five games, of this, both of the seasons, they just fell away. Leicester need to go on another cycle, and we'll see what happens to some of the other bigger clubs, I guess, and if any of them struggle. Uh, Liverpool are next on the list. Let's talk about Liverpool then. <sighs> Liverpool can't be as bad as they were last season. No, obviously they'll have Van Dyke back. Van Dyke's going to be back. They've brought in the new centre-back. In Canan, yeah. A lot of it's going to revolve around the form of Mane and Salah. And Jota, yeah. Salah at the back end of last season was getting back to his best, I felt. He was, yeah. But Mane still wasn't quite there. The injury to Andy Robertson could be a significant one. It could be significant in the way that they play, obviously, because they like to get Trent and him forward and get the crosses into the box and... Just cause mayhem, yeah. Yeah, that could have an effect. To be honest, I don't really know who they put out there, to be honest. Left back. In his absence? I can't even... I guess Milner's probably the one you'd stick out there, wouldn't you? Milner, or you might go Neko Williams. Yes. Yeah. They'll certainly have to shift some things about if he's going to be out for a while. They may even dip into the market for somebody. Yeah, so we'll see how we'll see how that progresses, I think, over time. Liverpool definitely in the hunt. I think they might... They, I don't think, I don't think they challenge, though. No, that's the no. thing. If Salah and Mane are going to be at their best again, then yes, of course, Liverpool will win. And I think Firmino's role. I think last season he wasn't he wasn't at his best. You know, he forget the goal scoring from Firmino. It's not really his role in the team, even though he is the centre forward. It's not he's not in there to get the goals. Mane and Sa- and Salah are the ones to get the goals. Firmino's job is to be that front man at the press, yeah. knit it all together. Be the be that be that guy that's going to just knock the passes in, get people in. But I don't think they'll quite get close enough again this year. But I could be wrong. I hope I'm right. But I could be wrong. 
So Manchester City, I don't think there'll be anyone, anything other than everybody's favourites. Yeah, they'll obviously reigning champions. Losing Sergio Aguero might be a factor. Depends what happens elsewhere, obviously. Obviously, if they don't get Kane, that's going to be the question mark. I think that's going to be over City the whole this season, especially because I, I don't see Gabriel Jesus as a man you can rely on nope. as a centre forward. He's a talented kid, but... He's got to, I think he's got to that point now. This this might be a make or break season for Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, definitely. If he doesn't step up to the plate now, then, you know, he's had that roadblock of Sergio Aguero being in front of him for so long. Now he's out of the way. Now you've got to prove it. You Peppers just Peppers essentially said to you, at the moment, you're my number one man to play up front. Yeah. Well, obviously he wants Kane. Well yeah. He wants Kane. But if he doesn't get him... So he might, he, he, he's going to end up with Jesus if Kane doesn't come. Yeah. And I think I, that's where City are going to fall. Are City going to struggle for goals? You might see them playing a lot without a number nine. I think Sterling will probably get put through the middle a lot more. Yeah. I think that might, might be in his thinking. So you can have so you can have Grealish to his left, Foden on the right. Sterling playing through the middle. And Gundogan maybe behind them. Yeah. Gundogan with the support role. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne, who's yeah. going to miss. I think he's going to miss the start of the season, isn't he, with that injury? And Foden is going to be out for the start of the season as well. Yeah. Perfect time to play Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get on to that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Manchester United, my team up next. I think we've had a really good summer. I'm very, very excited. I'll be honest. I think Maguire and Varane with Wambasaka and Luke Shaw. The wonderful Luke Shaw. Everyone's favourite left-back. Luke Shaw. I think we're looking good, to be honest. The goalkeeping situation, I think Henderson getting injured has kind of made sure De Gea is going to keep his number one space. Don't rule out Tom Heaton. I don't think Tom Heaton's going to be our no. number one. I mean, I know that's what he wants, but no, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see him coming in and being our number no. one. He He's coming in with that attitude. That's great, but he might be he might be considerably upset when he's not even getting on the bench come December because it's going to be De Gea or it's going to be Henderson. And obviously the big saga from last summer has finally been resolved. Well, yeah, Jaden, We've got big Jaden Sancho in. How do you think he's going to do? I hope he does really well. I think he will. I think he definitely will. And I think he's going to give us... We've been crying out for a right winger for, I don't know, even since before Sir Alex Ferguson retired, we've needed a right winger. Even though certain periods we weren't playing with wingers when Van Gaal was around. We sort of saw the end of Nanny because of that. So we've sort of... Actually, yeah, probably since since Nanny kind of left, we've missed someone who can play on that right-hand side yeah. consistently. Marcus Rashford is out for a little while, isn't he, with a with an injury that's been hanging over him? Yeah, so Marcus Rashford, he'll be on the left. He would have been on the left. Jesse's got obviously tested positive. Oh, has he? COVID. I didn't realise that. Yeah, so he'll, he'll, he'll probably miss this game against Leeds. But I think with Cavani up front and Mason Greenwoods, and Martial's back playing, although he's not—he's only really had about an hour, I think, of football. So he's going to take a bit of time to come back to some sort of fitness. From my perspective, as an outsider looking in, this is probably Manchester United's best squad for about three or four seasons. I think it's our best squad since 2013. I think you've addressed... The issues that you needed to address. Obviously, bringing in Varane is a great yeah. bit of business to put him in at centre-half. Obviously, Sancho, you've been after him for 
18 months, maybe even longer than that. Yeah. Are you going to do any more business? It doesn't sound like it from what I, from what Ollie said the other day. I don't think we will. I think we're pretty well covered everywhere. I think Lindelof and Bailly will be more than a good cover enough for Varane and, and Maguire. Brandon Williams will be good cover at either side of fullback. Obviously, Alex Tellez is a quality player in his own right. Hasn't really had a chance at United, but that's because Luke Shaw's finally firing. Maybe midfield. Maybe we need another midfielder. Yeah. Will Van Der Beek get his chance, hopefully? I'm hoping that having Varane and having a bit more of that stability at the back will mean that we don't have to play Fred and McTominay and that we can play McTominay or Fred and, you know, Pogba or Donny in there. Maybe Don now Donny Van Der Beek's had his year to get settled. Hopefully it'll be yeah. fine and we can just move on and get cracking, really. Got good cover, you know, in the front positions. You know, we'll have Mash, uh, Rashford... Martial, Lingard, Pogba might play from that left-hand side. We've got Sancho, we've got Greenwood, we've got Cavani. Anthony Alanga has been has been around the first-team squad and he's been on fire in pre-season and, and obviously he scored his goals back in the last season. So he, He'll be one to watch out for, I think, this season. Definitely. I think we'll be all right. I think, we'll be, I think we've got a, a chance of a challenge, but at the end of the day, I still don't think we get... I don't think we've got quite enough to... Stay the course against City. No, not this season, but building blocks, certainly for next year. Indeed. So next up, let's uh, just wrap up Newcastle, Norwich and Southampton together there. I think Newcastle, they haven't bought anyone yet. They're obviously bringing in Willock on a permanent deal. Hopefully that will go through for them. But I don't see them contending. I don't yeah. think, I think again, they'll be pretty safe. Norwich are going to be the interesting one, I think, out of those yeah. three. I think Southampton will have a steady season again. Can Norwich break that yo-yo effect? In one word, no. Okay, so we think Norwich are going back down again. <laughs> it just, it just, it, I just feel, sometimes it'd be nice for them to stay up one year, wouldn't it? It'd just be nice. It would. It would. I just don't think they've got enough. Mm. I just, you know, all right, maybe lessons have been learned from the season before last, but I just don't think they've got enough. Okay. Well, we'll, we shall we shall find we out. Shall see. Yeah. There are 38 games to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then on to Tottenham Hotspur, and yeah, I don't even know how to read Tottenham to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't right now. I just the new manager is going to come in with a new way of playing. He's gonna he's gonna want to change things up. We've got the Harry Kane saga going on. There's there's a lot to unpick, isn't there? Still a bit, still a bit more business. Yeah. And I think um, they're a hard. Yeah. Obviously, Kalini coming in is an interesting one, would suggest that Loris is probably going to move on next summer. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot in the air at Tottenham. Uh, I, I think this might be a year where they're just going to be out of it a little bit. Maybe again, Maybe. I think I think it's it's it's, it's a change a change in the guard time for Tottenham. Yeah, and in some ways, it might be better for them to to lose Kane so they know where they're going where they're at. Potentially, and you can kind of start and you can kind of start again and go right. This is the plan for the next three or four years, and we know he's not part of it. Yeah, this is the difficult rebuild that Maurizio Pochettino warned us about three seasons ago. Yeah, you know it was going to be painful. Obviously, we've lost Toby. Toby was a great servant. Mm-hmm. You know, it was part of the best defense two years running. Yeah, Eric Lamella has obviously been with the club so long. It was sad to see him go, but it was one of those players that 
You know, he, when he was in the team, he was all right, but he was very much out of the team rather than in the team quite a lot. Wham Foyth has gone, Gazaniga, Danny Rose. You know, there's, there's going to be more. Musa Sissoko is probably going to go at some point in the next couple of weeks. Harry Winks, maybe. So, yeah, it's a difficult time for us. With Indeed. I think you might be right. I think we might be out of the picture, but if Nuno can get us going... And we get going early doors. I would. I don't know. It, it all depends on Kane for me. It does a bit, but I also think that the former Delhi Ali will have a big impact on how you do. Oh yeah. I mean, Delhi's been good pre-season. He's looked much better. He looks. He looks at. He looks at it. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how that all. We'll see. How, well, we'll see how that all develops at Tottenham. And then we've got the three W's: Watford, West Ham, and Wolves. I think Watford will struggle this year. Probably. Uh, West Ham will probably be fine. They'll probably be contending for a European spot again. Uh, obviously, they, have, See, they I haven't got... I disagree do, do with you? Well, they, Obviously, they haven't got Jesse this season. No. Which would be a big... But they were fighting up there before they had Jesse Lingard. Yeah. I think I think eight, I think think eight. seven or eight is possibility for West Ham. I think the distraction of European football and having to play two games a week, sometimes three... Hmm. For a squad that they've got, they've not got the biggest squad in the world. They haven't really strengthened it. They brought in the goalkeeper. That is about it so far. Obviously, they've kept Declan Rice. That was the big thing for them. I think it was, but I don't think that was an issue this summer, to be honest with Declan. I think next summer will probably be the issue. They still yeah. haven't got somebody to put the ball in the net. Mm-hmm. Apart from Mikel Antonio, and obviously his injury record is sketchy. I think they're going to struggle. I don't think they're. Yeah. I don't think they're going to finish the top half. I think I think they will. I think West Ham will. To be honest, I think there are a lot worse teams in the well, league. There are than worse West teams Ham. in the league. I just think that they're going to struggle playing two games a week mm-hmm. because they're going to have to do that till Christmas because they're in the Europa League. They haven't got to qualify. Yeah. So well, we'll see for the long haul. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. And then finally, Wolves. They've lost Nuno. They'll probably hang on to Ruben Neves. I mean, Man United have been linked with Neves, but I just don't see that happening. I think holding on to Neves will be a big part of how Wolves' this season plays out. Uh, but I think they might struggle this year, Wolves. Yeah. And they've lost their stability. They've lost the steady hand, yeah. Because Larg is... Oh, he's done well where he's been, Larg. Obviously, the Premier League is a very different animal. Of course. But, yeah, I'm sorry to say, Wolves fans, but I think I think Wolverhampton Wanderers are going to be... the a team that are struggling come the end of the season. But, you know, football, things happen. We can all be wrong. Who knows what's going to happen? Okay, so next up, let's have a quick little challenge. One of the things we want to do this season is, I'm sure a lot of you listening to this are big football manager fans, and we are too. We are, yeah. We are, we are big fans of the football manager. And obviously, we all love a wonder kid on, on football manager. So what Richard's decided to do is to go out and have a find. I mean, we've had a look at what Football Manager 2015, find a wonder kid, and we're going to see where he is right now, and then we're going to follow his season, all his stats and how he's doing. And let's see how good Football Manager was at giving us potential stars. So who have we got? Who are we going to be following this season? So we are going to be following Gianluca Giardino. I hope I've said his surname right. Ooh. 
I remember him. I signed him. So he is currently with SV Sanderhassen in Germany. In the German second division. Yeah. Right. In the second division. So we'll see how he gets on this season. So we're going to tell you, we're going to have a look and see what he's scoring, what his appearance record is, all those things. Assists. We'll give you the stats. We will. Football manager wonder kid in the house. So that's one thing we're going to do this season. So hopefully we'll have all that to come. Right then, Richard, let's, uh, before we go, let's quickly have a, a look at what fixtures we've got this opening day of the Premier League season. How exciting, what have we got coming up? So the new season has arrived. We start on Friday night with Brentford versus Arsenal. Then we move on to Saturday lunchtime where Manchester United take on Leeds United. Then we move into Leicester versus Wolves. Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. Watford versus Aston Villa. Everton against Southampton with Burnley and Brighton completing the three o'clock games. Then we move on to Norwich and Liverpool at 5.30 before moving on to Sunday with Newcastle versus West Ham. And finally, the big one for me at least, Tottenham versus Manchester City. Oh, what a great weekend of football we've got coming up. It's going to be great. It is great to have it back. It's great to be able to go and watch a game again. Yes, having everyone back in the stadiums. Just stay safe, everyone. Just stay safe. Right. Yeah. Let's, uh... well, that's pretty much it, I think, from us this week. We'll be back next week. So thank you for listening, everyone. Don't forget you can get into, well, I say don't forget, we haven't told you yet. You can get in touch with us at the show on Twitter at Let's Football Pod, or you can e- email email us at Let's Talk Football Podcast. And I'll say email. that again. Let's Talk Football Podcast 442 at com. Yes. So we will be back next week with all the news after the start of the Premier League season. How exciting. Don't forget to subscribe, tell all your friends, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.